nothing on. It's really him. I know this is not a mistake. I'm really back in front of the microphone. And I mean, y'all know what time it is. I'm here to talk my shit. 15 seconds. Already cursed. Might be a new record. But like, this is what you get when, when it's Hemi Turner. Hemi Neutron, if you will. Him motherfucking Duncan, because this is a basketball pod. For those of you that are new to this audio experience, I'm Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Say it with me now, Harry Potter. And this is the Shaw's Law Podcast. And I'm just going to lock in. I'm going to talk my shit. There's some fun, exciting things for avid listeners. I'd like to say what up to first-time listeners and always much love to consistent listeners. There's been some stuff. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus. We enjoyed the off-season. Kevin Durant is still a Brooklyn net, so we haven't missed much, but there is stuff in other sports and the world of hoops to talk about. So let's start with, we'll just go over what's been new with me. For those that are aware, I have a very obsessive personality. And when basketball season is not in, I can obsess over other things. Currently, I am watching an MTV show from like eight years ago, probably more. Um, Teen Wolf. Boy, did I think this was going to suck. Shout out to my homegirl, Sydney Simpson. She was like, I'm telling you, it's fire, and she was right. So me and Allie have been watching that. It's been super fun. I've been on as big of a baseball kick as I can go on. Like, I've been watching The Captain, which has been really good. It's over now. It was seven episodes, um, clearly inspired by um, The Last Dance, but that makes a ton of sense because... Jordan and Jeter have a very good relationship. Um, Jeter was a Jordan brand athlete as a baseball player. Jordan is featured in the um, docuseries multiple times. And also, while we're on docuseries, I see what's happening with Jaden and ESPN. This is twice now that ESPN has produced something and Jada has been involved. He was heavily involved in the and one mixtape um, 30 for 30, and he popped up a fair amount on the Derek Jeter thing. Now, mind you, both of those are based out of New York, so it could simply be that. Or we could be watching Jada transition into another facet of his career. So that is just something to keep in mind because ESPN is Disney, so getting like your rappers involved in that kind of stuff is a step towards is is a is cool i wouldn't even call it a step in the right direction because jada has been just fine without disney's stamp and as a rapper i think you can always be fine without disney's stamp but also that's fly especially like when you think about the content of jada's rap and the fact that he emceed the 30 for 30 on uh the and one mixtape tour and like his opinion really mattered because he's really New York. And I thought the Derek Jeter thing did a great job of getting New York personalities, fat Joe, Jada, Jesus and Mero. Like I, I like that kind of energy because that's the vibe of what was happening. So like I said, I've been on this baseball kick. 
I've been playing MLB The Show. Not gonna lie. I just made myself nice in MLB The Show. Like, I made a center fielder and I basically made him Ken Griffey because who wouldn't want to be Ken Griffey? He was the coolest dude to ever touch a baseball diamond. Um, and since I've been on this baseball kick, this is why I hate women. We went to a baseball game for my girlfriend's birthday and we had a large group and Aaron Judge really did all the shit you could ever want from a baseball player to see. But we were going with women. So we missed some of the dope shit because girls, man, we just got to stay at the bar a little bit longer. Yeah, but we're going to miss the first inning. It's okay. It's just the first inning. We're going to get there. You know what happens in the first inning? Aaron Judge robs a home run. You know who doesn't see it from his seats? This guy. Because just one more shot. Just one more. So we missed Judge rob a home run. But that was fine because in like the fifth inning, dude hits an absolute monster two-run shot. Fire. Fuego. Love it. Then we get a rain delay. And I can't actually blame this one on the girls, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I feel like they made it rain, but like not the cool way at the strip club. They wasn't throwing singles. Like, they made it really precipitate. And there was a rain delay. And we took the train down and we were like, yo, we're probably not going to be able to finish the game and catch the last train. And we wound up leaving. And you know what Aaron Judge did? He hit a motherfucking grand slam. That's right. The probable league MVP did three mind-blowing things in one game. Like, that is why you pay the... He, like, when they say he's worth the price of admission, that was really, like, the prime example of that. All right, so he had a minimum of six RBIs. At minimum, because he had the grand slam, that's four, and he had the two-run shot. But then he robbed the home run, so he had six RBIs minimum, and he brought back a run. Do you know how fire that is? And we missed two out of three because women. It's a dog eat dog world, bro. Like, you could go see the league MVP and he might do spectacular shit, but you're traveling with women. Just one more shot! It's only the first inning! Now look at us. So, that's been what I've been up to. <clears throat> Okay, when I was writing my notes, I didn't realize how poorly that these two things were going to transition. I do not actually hate women. That was a joke because the next two subjects or topics are about women. So I need to clarify, I do not hate women. So where do we want to start? We, I guess we can start with Deshaun Watson. That's a nasty nigga, man. Like, like, let's just call a spade a spade. That is a nasty nigga. Over 23 counts of being weird at the massage parlor, telling the girls, oh, oh, no, I can't use a towel. Just satin sheets. Get this nigga a nasty. J -j just tattoo nasty across this forehead. But, like all things with the NFL... Roger, Roger Goodell can't get out of his own fucking way. Like, this dude is a certified 
dumbass when it comes to handling what seemed like the simplest of controversy controversies. Look, everybody thinks Deshaun Watson is a nasty nigga. Roger Goodell, how am I struggling with his name? Roger Goodell has the power to suspend or do whatever he wants to Deshaun Watson as a course of action because Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL. Not good old Roger. Not our boy Roger. This is too much of a slam dunk for this moron. He passes it off to a judge. And he says, hey, whatever you decide is what we're going to go with. And that's cool because now it doesn't look like he's God and has all the power to make decisions. And that's perfectly fine. Until he doesn't like what the judge in arbitration gives uh, Deshaun Watson. He gives him six. Uh, I don't even know if it's a she, uh, he. I believe it was a female judge. Don't quote me on that because I didn't fact check it. But Watson is given six games. Shout out to the Cleveland Browns for being a nasty organization too. Like good business, nasty morals. They set up Deshaun Watson's contract in a way that if he serves the six-game suspension, he loses a minimum amount of money by the way they set up his pay scale. Like I said, great business, nasty morals. So the other owners don't like that. They get in Goodell's ear, and Goodell is like, well, why don't we appeal the suspension nigga what appeal you are in charge of it you didn't have to pass it along to anybody like you can't give somebody the power and then when you don't like their decision just say all right well fuck that you didn't do what i wanted you to do then you should have just done it fam so we can give the browns some nasty points deshaun watson has a busload of nasty points. Like, whatever he wants to buy at the Nasty Points Arcade, he can get two of. He's a nasty man. Um, and let's just get... I don't even know if Roger Goodell is nasty. He's just a fucking goofball. Like, just, just goofy activity. So that is our first topic. Once again, we're going to jump into the second one. The second one is Brittany Griner. I have a lot to say on this one. First, I see some of you guys out here on your social media. You jump in front of a microphone or a camera. Or you get your little Twitter fingers going. Or you update your little Facebook status. Oh my God, Brittany Griner didn't used to stand for the national anthem. And now she's over in Russia and she wants America to come and save her. Think you guys are missing the point of America here, big dog. Chief. I don't think you guys are getting it. The beauty of what makes America so great is that you can stand against something or have an opinion on something and you have the freedom to do it. Whether that is a social justice commentary, standing for the flag, or you think pickles are the nastiest food in the world. You have the freedom to say that and you are backed by your American constitutional rights. So if she felt something wrong was happening under the flag and decided to not stand for the national anthem in peaceful motherfucking protest, one more time for you slow motherfuckers, peaceful protest, 
That does not make her un and or anti-American. The fact that some of you goofy motherfuckers can get excited and happy to get your words and fingers to say something like, oh, I bet you you wish you stood for the flag now. First of all, the flag is a piece of fucking cloth. We are talking about human life here. So let, let's, let's just be clear. Let's put things in a larger context. Human life, a symbol. Human life, symbol. So, yes, Brittany Griner did not stand for the flag because she felt a type of way. That did not make her anti-American. So when she is begging and pleading for her country to come and get her out of a country that we are, let's call a spade a spade. We're in low-key rat beef with. Like, we have issues with Russia. Just bring her home. And I... And I get that there's a lot more nuance to it because I don't know if we should be bringing home, I don't know if we should send the dealer, the harbinger, the angel of death back. I, I don't know if he's really the dude we should be freeing. Like, so I understand that it's very nuanced. So I can't, I would hate to be in that position where it's, and it's not that America doesn't keep prisoners of other countries either. Like, we do it too. But when it's one of our own, we want them to come home. And I'm more here to address the goofy people saying that she should stay because she felt some type of way. I, if I was in Joe Biden's cabinet or I was the president, I don't know how I would handle this situation but I do know that I would want to bring home every innocent American and Brittany Griner's little vape pen isn't worth nine years, no matter how you cut the cake. So those are two subjects I wanted to get through. We can get to some other things. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you've probably heard this rant before, but that's not going to stop me from giving it again. NBA players requesting trades or athletes requesting trades in general. Um, I can broaden it out, but it's definitely an NBA thing specifically. Uh, other sports just don't have the, the player movement that basketball has. Um, they don't, the players just don't have as much power. That is very much a LeBron thing. LeBron did a great job of giving the players back empowerment. And that's, super duper important because never once in the history of sports has somebody been there like, yo, it's cool if I don't get to see Luka Doncic today, but I hope Mark Cuban's in the building. Nobody ever checks on what Jim Dolan's doing, but you can damn sure be positive that they're going to be like, yo, I want to see what Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and Obi Toppin are doing. So I'm okay with players having some power because that's who we come to see. Like, I've never once been like, damn, hope Sam Presti's in the stands. Like, you just don't say that kind of shit. They're entertainers and they are the draw, so they should have some say. And lastly, let's say that I, Rob, am on the Knicks. Me and Jordan are both on the Knicks. 
I'm sick of New York. I want to be traded. And I say, I want to be traded. And then here come all you goofy guys. Here come all you stupid assholes in the comments. Oh my God, NBA players, they're under contract. How could you want to be traded if you're under contract? You signed a contract. Okay, I signed a contract. But I want to get traded. Player X on the Suns is so happy in Phoenix. Devin Booker is, not Devin Booker, I'm not good enough to get traded for Devin Booker. Campaign is so happy in Phoenix. He loves it in Phoenix. But Robert Sarver, the owner, and James Jones, the GM, think that adding Rob Shaw makes the team better. So I don't like New York, so I want to be traded. Campaign loves it in Phoenix, but the Suns want to trade me for him. Why does nobody jump up and say... Oh my God, I can't believe Robert Sarver and James Jones would trade campaign to make the team better. Campaign was under contract. Why would they trade him if he's under contract? It's the same thing. The, the same way that ownership has to make business decisions for the team, the players need to make business decisions for themselves and family. So if you only want to trade two players that both requested for a trade, then you live in that fantasy world. Other than that, when a player requests a trade, shut up. Because for the last million years, nobody cared when the owners did it. Like, it's a business for the owners. Well, it's a business for the players. If I can sign this contract and get myself guaranteed money and then move my family to a place that I think has a better school district, there's no state tax, it's a better quality of life, it's closer to the rest of my family, there's a better support system, then I need to make that move for me because the organization would do it to me in a heartbeat. And while we're on that subject, Brandon Jennings had a long list of, he had a Twitter thread and I'm not gonna lie, wasn't feeling it was not feeling what he was saying. Um, I'm gonna, let me see if I can actually pull it up so I can just pair so I don't have to paraphrase it. So he has one point in it that's like really, really good. And I love it. His one point is about players sitting out games. That is absolute trash. He makes the point that if I live on the East Coast and me and my kid go west i don't i'm gonna mess up his situation but the situation is basically hey this team comes in one night per year and i'm a hard-working parent and i bring my kid to the game and i know that i'll stick with luca because mavs apparently mean something in my life now anyway um i'm on the we come to two games a year and one of them we're in Philly. We drive to Philly because we want to see Luca in two hours before game time. After I just spent money on the ride, the tickets, and my kid is dying to see Luca. Now nah, Luca's a get a late scratch for rest. Nigga, what? Do you know the pain? Like as a as somebody who loves games. Like imagine you pull up to the game. Or you and your kid pull up to the game and they're so excited. Fuck it, I don't even have to make up a hypothetical. I took Marcus to see 
um, the Suns at the Garden in 2019, I believe. Imagine, like, we take the train down and we have this big fun day together, and then the dude he wants to see, Devin Booker, is a late scratch. Now, we got to see Devin Booker, but do you know how heartbroken that little boy would have been had Booker not played? Like, that might have been the end of basketball for him, like, that level of disappointment. Um, other things Brandon Jennings was saying, he was saying that NBA players no longer care about basketball. Like, it's rare that guys care anymore. I think that that's BS. Like, I think, I think there are players who don't care, but I think as a whole, the guys that are good or – I talk about this a lot. There's guys that, like, could have played other sports professionally and chose basketball. So, like, in a world where that's happening, I don't think you don't love it. I always talk about Pat Cotterton. Could have played Major League Baseball as a pitcher. Loved hoops. He's in the NBA. Probably would have made more as a baseball player, but he loved hoops. But there are except Like, I don't think Ben Simmons loves basketball. I really don't. I think he loves the lifestyle it affords him. But there, I think in general, the love for the game has only grown. I think Brandon Jennings is bugging. I thought his suggestion that the only way a dude could request a trade or get the money that's guaranteed in their contract is if they played a certain amount of games or were incentivized, uh, met certain stat incentives. I think that is a terrible idea. I think that is how you get the most selfish version of basketball. I think that that is a long-time problem of the G League. I think guys know that in order to get a call-up, you have to be doing numbers. And I think going out there trying to do numbers creates selfish basketball. And I think that has been cleaned up a little bit in the G League. But if you incentivize, if you tell me the only way that I'm going to feed my family is I got to get 10 points a game, you might have a layup, and I might not swing that motherfucker because I got to get this shot on the rim because I'm at eight points, and I need to make sure that I average that to get the contract. So I, I just think fundamentally that is flawed. I think if the M, I think if the owners want to take back some power, maybe they need to negotiate um, a little bit more with hardball, like, Hey, don't put in no trade clauses because then when a dude gets disgruntled, then you have nowhere to send him but his preferred destinations because everywhere else he can veto it. So I would avoid no trade clauses. Other things that can be done, shorter or longer contracts. I think that the, so sometimes, but the owners did have long contracts. They used to do seven year contracts. And then they would handicap the teams. So then they started doing shorter contracts. Well, when a guy gets out of a shorter contract, he has the freedom of movement to go wherever he wants. So they need to come up with something or just fucking deal with the fact that there has been a shift in the power dynamic. And that's fine. Like, it's okay. You weren't supposed to eat forever off of these guys and it's not like the owners are hemorrhaging money they're they're not losing money you you think all these rich 
all these rich, powerful people would be giving out these bigger, gigantic contracts if they were losing money. I'm not paying my employees more if I'm not making more money. So let's not feel bad for these guys financially. Uh, feeling bad for billionaires. Crazy. But you guys got me looking crazy. You guys been making me sound like I'm out here feeling bad for millionaires. It's wild. I don't know how y'all feel, but I feel like I'm smoking this shit. Like I'm in the zone. Um, bad GMs ruin the market. Like that, they, they just do. So Rudy Gobert was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves and he was traded for so much. Like the deal had so many assets in it that it has actually ruined the market. Minnesota gave up way too much and it's jammed up the market or it's pushed the market up where if Rudy Gobert gets three picks and a starter and another player with potential, then what do you get for Kevin Durant? It has ruined the market. Bad GMs ruin the market. And that's what happened in Minnesota by trading for a guy that I'm not even entirely sure can play with their best player. Like Cat, Gobert, it doesn't seem like a great pairing to me. So there's that. So that's bad GMs ruining the market. DeAndre Ayton is back in Phoenix. Um, the NBA needs to get rid of the one player on a rookie extension. So one max rookie extension per team. It It's literally killing the bad teams. It, it's also killed a couple trades. Like Miami can't trade for Durant because Bam can't be involved in the trade unless... Simmons is involved in the trade because both of them are on the max rookie extension. This seems stupid to me. Like, I don't even, like, I've gone through it a couple times in my head. I don't even know what the point is. You, if a team was bad and they have two young rookies back to back that they drafted, well, I don't under, I'm perplexed. Like, I think you guys can hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit confused. Um, the NBA will be keeping the play-in tournament, and they're going to punish fa uh, take fouls on the fast break. So the take foul is, uh, it's come over to the NBA. It was big in Europe, or it started in Europe is what I should say. Um, I steal the ball in the open court, and we might have a two-on-one, and you just wrap me up to prevent that. Like you stop, maybe you, I shoot two free throws in the olden days cause you were in the penalty. But for the most part, it was a side out of bounds and the team, uh, you stopped the break and it allowed your defense to set up your, it allowed your team to set up on defense and then have to run an actual set instead of getting a fast break bucket. So um, what is the new rule? The new rule will be, I'm going to read this to you so that I don't butcher it, but my understanding is, here, this is what a take foul. A take foul is when a defender fouls someone without making a play on the ball to stop a transition opportunity. Previously, the penalty for committing a take foul was a personal foul on the defender and side out of bounds. 
If the team committed the foul while on the bone, yeah, okay, this is all what I explained to you. Here's the new rule. Moving forward, a take foul will result in the offensive team being awarded free throws, which can be taken by any player in the game at the time of the foul. They will also return, retain possession of the ball and a foul will be assessed to the player who committed it. So this means you just don't do it anymore because it's too big of a penalty. One, you get a personal foul. Two, the other team gets to pick the free throw shooter. So even if you foul the bad free throw shooter, the coach is going to send his best free throw shooter to the line. And then they're still going to maintain possession. And they're doing this because, one, fast breaks are exciting. That's where you get alley-oops. That's where somebody gets dunked on. That's where you get chased down blocks. Like, the NBA wants highlight plays. Plus, like, fouls suck. They're boring. So I think that they knocked this one out of the park. Like, they got it right. Other things to go over quickly, I've been reading um, KG's book. It's He wrote it encyclopedia style, and it's amazing. So all the subjects that are with A are in A and then B, and then sometimes it's like, all right, CB. And he tells great stories about uh, like just how close he was with like him and Paul Pierce uh, tried to go to high school together and wanted to play together way before they were with the Celtics because they're both uh, 1995 McDonald's All-American class. The stuff he told me about Chauncey Billups, I didn't know. I didn't know how close him and Chauncey were. Just stuff like that. I am a little disappointed in the fact that he hasn't addressed Stephon Marbury yet because those two were super duper close. And... I just think that it's a little bit, uh, it feels like he's not telling his whole story by skipping out on what was up with him and Steph. Speaking of Steph, um, he had a documentary released two years ago that I had never seen. It's called uh, The Kid from Coney Island. It's amazing. It's about an hour and a half. It goes through his life. It also does talk about that 1995 All-American class. Um, it talks about how him and Sham God uh, used to think they were one and two, how Felipe Lopez was Batman and Steph was like, I'm not Robin, I'm really him. It's, it's amazing. I need to watch the Showtime uh, Point Gods documentary. So things that I'll be watching this week are the Showtime Point Gods documentary and Hard Knocks Detroit Lions because I absolutely love Hard Knocks. Um, my boy Gold, uh, shout out to Gold. He was on my college team and like, just really my guy. He posted something from 2003, like where they're talking about when it was supposed to be Terrorist Squad versus The Rock uh, versus Hove's team at Rucker Park and everybody that was there. And he said, yo, the basketball guys owed us one for this. And they do do always one for that. And then it, I started thinking about other things, that, like other matchups the basketball gods owe us. And the first two that came to mind are Lakers and Clippers in the bubble. Like us not getting that. Like I felt like the basketball gods owed us that one. And never getting Kobe, LeBron in their relative primes in a finals feels like another one that the basketball gods were like, you guys are going to miss out. So what do you guys think the basketball gods owe us? What are some matchups that we thought we were going to get that we just never got? And 
we're kind of asking the basketball gods, like, yo, what's up? Um, sorry for the pause. So Coach Cal, you guys know in my head, I'm a graduate of the University of Kentucky. Coach Cal wants a new practice facility. He does a interview with Kyle Tucker and says some things that Coach Mark Stoops, the Kentucky football coach, takes umbrage with, rightfully so. Cal says, hey, we just got the football team a new practice facility. We got the baseball team a new practice facility. This is Kentucky. We're a basketball school. Why did I have to cancel a practice last week because there is a leak in our practice facility. This is a basketball school, which is fine. What I think Mark Stoops took issue with is that he said, Alabama is a football school. Georgia is a football school. That's going to kill them in recruiting. When he gets on the trail and he's competing against another school, you don't think the recruiter from that other school is going to tell Prospect X, hey, I see Kentucky's on your list. You know people at Kentucky don't even think Kentucky's a football school? Or you could come here, a known football school. And I think that that really pissed Coach Stoops off. And I don't think that was Cal's intention. I think he just wanted to put pressure on the AD and administration to say, hey, we're your breadwinner. We're the biggest brand here. We're probably... They're probably one of the three biggest brands in college sports, like period. So I can't believe that I have to beg you guys to not have holes in the practice facility roof. Like I want a new one. It's going to cost significantly less than the 200 million you just put into football. So there's that. Also, Kentucky is smoking everything on their Bahamas trip and I think this team could be really, really good. They have a lot of guys returning. Uh, Severe Wheeler has led the country in assist, or has led Power Five conferences in assists two years in a row, um, once at Kentucky, once at Georgia. Oscar Sheedway is back for his 100th year in college, and he's the reigning national player of the year. Um, Antonio Reeves is a transfer who can really shoot the dimples off the ball. Uh, Jacob Toppin is older. Collins is dunking everything. Cason uh, Wallace is a solid point guard. Like, it's a good team, and I look forward to seeing them in the Champions Classic. And lastly, let's have a little fun. You guys know I love fantasy football. I am going to start a league specifically for people that listen to the podcast. It will be free. It'll be on ESPN and we'll get like a championships belt. We'll get a championship belt and it'll say the name of the league and the year. And it should just be fun. Like if you're listening and you like fantasy football, reach out to me. Um, I want to say all of it's all the same. Um, if if it's Facebook, it's Rob Ball Shaw. If it's Instagram, it's Shaw's Law Podcast. If it's Twitter, it's at Shaw's Law Podcast. Like, just reach out and let's try and fill this up. I will take, hmm, 
I will take up to 14 teams unless like the out, and if the outreach is crazy, which I don't think it will be, I would start a second one. Like if we had 28 people or we had 20 people, I would do two 10 teamers. But if we get 14 or if we as long as we can get eight, 10 is perfect. Um, but I'll do anywhere from eight to 14. I'd love for you guys to be a part of it. Just DM, reach out. I want it to be people that fuck with the pod and we can just have some fun. Once again, it's going to be free. It'll be on ESPN. If you're listening and you like fantasy football, I'd love for you to be a part of this because I do this for you guys. So please reach out and let me know if you're in. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. And like that, we out.